This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. So then George came to me one day, and, and I'll never forget this conversation, said, you know, you might be right about that alien thing. Maybe we shouldn't do aliens. There's too much of that stuff around. I said, George, I love you. That's the best news you've ever given me. He said, yeah, they're not aliens. They're, they're kind of extra dimensional. I said, what? He said, you ever hear of string theory about different dimensions? I said, yeah. He said, okay, these are interdimensional beings. They're not extraterrestrials. They're interdimensional. So I said, fine, fine. And what are they going to look like? George said, they'll look like aliens, but we'll call them interdimensional. My head hurts. Steven Spielberg. Direct quote from an interview with him. <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Poor man. Welcome to Big Sell. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And I'm Zach. We'd like to thank you for listening to our last show, our D.B. Cooper Unsolved Mystery Show. Ooh. Thanks for coming, Juice. We had a good time. Yeah, the show. it's Juice. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, we also had some fun comments on our Instagram, including from Sherry is Awesome. Cher- 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 is Awesome, Cher- I think. is Awesome. Hey, I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, but you're pretty cool. Uh, loved this one. Hand clap emoji. Hope you do more unsolved mysteries in the future. I think we might now. It's pretty funny. Just do that. DC Foster said, listened on Monday, thought about it all day Tuesday, and went into the vortex today. I am fascinated. Yes. Yeah. It's great. And Spraguito says, good episode, good artwork, good Harry Potter references, and good guest. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, can't you got to love a love for that? Uh, I know. It was pretty fun. Image. Well, wow. that was your idea, Joel. I do the police sketches of all of us. But you did a fantastic job. Yeah. They so, could have uh, looked like that leprechaun sketch. You know that one? <laughs> that meme of the leprechaun sketch? Yeah, true. Yeah. So, guys, I'm uh, I'm leaving Bacon Cell. He's going to go become books, a sketch artist. Books and Chow says, impressive. Kenny 3DD. Uh, Jessica Terry says, uh, the story fascinates her. But also, Kenny 3DD, those sketches okay. are legit. Sam Ma says, these drawings, exclamation Guys, point. I'm just letting you know uh, that words of affirmation is my second love language. Oh. Physical touch is your first, right? No. Oh. It's quality time. Oh. Well, that's why he Listen, loves us so much. But I like touch too. It's cool. Gross. That's also why <laughs> he loves us so much. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of validation, yeah. which I'll take any day, apparently, oh. we actually have a, a review we want to read from iTunes. We haven't yeah. done this in a while. So this is from Dude, I'm Soup's Cool. <laughs> okay. That's the name Soup's of Soup's is S O O P S. Dude, well. Soup is pretty cool. Yeah. No, he's Soup's Cool. S O O P S. Soup School. And, I get it. Yeah, it's Soup it's School. A, it's, <laughs> is it? I'm a cheddar broccoli man. Good soup. So we got five stars. Good soup. And the title is Love It. And he says, or he or she says, been listening to it for years. I guess the podcast. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Laugh emoji and great for all ages. Totally recommend for six year old boys, 13 <laughs> year old girls, or even 46 year old men trying to spice up their life. <laughs> Wow, the demographics here are pretty great. We're it's like all on the board. It's like a commercial and like a sporting event. I've said it before and I'll say it again. This is a great road trip podcast because you can put it on and entertain the entire, uh, everyone in your car, whether they're old or young. Yeah. You can probably find something on Bake Itself to entertain them. People so. of the world, spice up your life. Every boy and every girl, spice, spice up your life. People right. of the world. Hey guys, come on, let's slam to the left. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about today. What are we talking about today, Zach? We are in defense of. Kingdom, Skull, Crystal, Indiana. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom. <laughs> Indiana of Jones the, and the forgot. Kingdom <laughs> of the Crystal Skull. Yes, this was suggested by you, the listener. I'm sorry. I sometimes forget nonsense. We've done these episodes before. <laughs> we did episode 155, My Bay, Michael Bay, where we had to defend Michael Bay. Yeah. And then episode 259, Twi Hard with a Vengeance, where we had to defend Twilight. We yeah. only do this every more than 100 episodes. <laughs> Basically, it's like every two years we tend is, to do it. Is it these. because it's so exhausting to take this side, to be the antagonist, the devil's advocate? For the right, it, says, it sounds weird to say antagonist, though we're, we're being nice about it. Yeah, because nice. our job, we pull you guys and get suggestions, 
And this time it was, we decided Indiana Jones and King of the Crystal Skull was the one to do. Our intent is to defend the indefensible. Now, is this movie indefensible, though? Because, I mean, do you, you think... Love do you think it. Do you love it. No. you have a crush on it? No. Do you want to marry it? Is it my second favorite Indiana Jones movie? Stop that! Joel. That is disgusting. It's cute, though. Hey, no, we have to be indefensible. We have to be nice. Did you buy a sucker for this in eighth grade? <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, like me back check? Yes, no. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I, well, I wrote that. I said, hey, Indiana Jones movies, do you like me? And they sent it back and said, no, we hate you. That's why we're giving you this movie. <laughs> oh, um, there we go. Oh, There's there the No, because this is... I uh, can you mention uh, just for recording that this is generally disliked yeah. by the public. Right. Yes. Which I don't know if that's true because as I was looking up the box office, as I was looking up the reviews. Ah, but you forget people are dumb when movies come out. And then the internet kind of agrees that something is good or bad. And I'm not saying the internet as a whole is right. 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 But there's a general consensus and a general feeling about a movie or movie series. Yes. And I think that Kingdom of the Crystal Skull gets a Bad rap, maybe deservedly, and we're going to try to prove the fact that it's undeserved here on this show. Because we are going to defend it. We are going to be nice. Yes. And if any of us start straying into not nice territory, if we start saying things bad, we are giving ourselves little bits of rant breaks every now and then just yeah. so we can stay sane. But if any so, of us start so veering Joel, if, into if, bad... If I'm holding a gun of anger at this movie, of sarcasm, what are you going to do? <laughs> Whoa! I whip it out. We, so, we all brought whips today here in the bacon cave. We're going to whip each other. Whip it good. <laughs> and uh, yes, if any of us stray into the negative territory during a non-rant break, <laughs> we will get. Sorry, whipped. guys, that's my whip. It's super weak. Exactly. <laughs> here's yours. <laughs> Let's just do that for the whole podcast. Just <laughs> mouth noises. <laughs> I mean, whip noises because we have real whips. Yes, of course. Yes. Because, I mean, when we had Michael Bay, we said kaboom. When we did Twilight, we did sparkle. Sparkle, those were our, our oh, yeah. warning words. But this time, it's just a whip noise. So we're going to describe the story of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, just in case you purposely forgot it after it was over. Yes. No one's going to whip me on that one? No. I mean, I'll take it. Have we started yet? <laughs> no. Have we started? No, we have not started we've yet. not started official defense. So, yes. But before we get started, I do want to talk about our experiences back in 2008. Okay. Zach, I know you were three. I don't know if you could go to theaters yet. <laughs> no, Zach was watching Mamma Mia on repeat, I think, in 2008. You and I were watching The Dark Knight on Wait, repeat. Wait, hold on. When did yes, this movie we come out? 2008. What, what, what month? Oh, um, I can tell you. Yeah, go on. Uh, it came out May 22nd, 2008. Oh, okay. So this is before Mamma Mia. Before Dark Knight. <laughs> Wait, do you measure uh, time in before Mamma Mia and <laughs> yes, after Mamma Mia? Absolutely. It's, there was everything before. BMM. BMM. <laughs> this came out BMM. <laughs> Speaking of BMs, let's talk about this movie. Here we go again. Um, <laughs> no. oh. We haven't started yet. Uh. We haven't started yet. We haven't started being nice yet. Um, so I was uh, barely married, had my first kid. I was still even then cautious about reboots. and Because the Indiana Jones trilogy, I own, I love. It is some of my favorite movies out there. The yeah. adventure is fantastic. And they said, oh, yeah, we're doing another one. And I, I was cautious going into it. And truth be told, we're, we're not to the defense part yet, right? No, this is honest. Okay. Actually, the whole show is honest. We're, we're not going to lie. We're not going to be sugarcoating it, but we are going to try and be positive. But this, Which is a rarity around the, here. <laughs> this movie, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is a mouthful. Can we just call it Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? I'm going to call it Crystal, Crystal Skull. Skull. Crystal Skull. So we have, yeah. Crystal Joe. Yeah. Uh, which originally Joe it was going to be, it was yeah. just going to be Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, and then George Lucas fought to have Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. So, wow. Spacemen from Mars. Yeah. At one point. For Back to the Future. Uh, but this one, when I watched it, I, uh, I, it was as bad as I, as much as I feared it would be. Sure. Meaning it took the things I liked and kind of 
toppled him over and it was just kind of a sloppy, bad dialogue, laughable story. It, if it, I, I think in review, my review, I said, if it wasn't an Indiana Jones movie, I probably would have liked it more. But yes. because they tried to attach it to that franchise, it kind of... Did it ruin it. Indiana Jones for you? I don't own this one. I own the first okay. three. That's probably all I'm going to own. I don't think they ever released this for home video at all, which is weird. What? Not DVD or anything like that. They were just like, oh, if you saw the theaters, you're lucky. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait, yeah, are we starting? Yeah, I thought we're still in No, look, if I say something like that, I can get whipped. Okay. Okay. It's going to sound weird <laughs> is, the entire time. Weird, yeah. friendly. So, yeah, I was just barely married as well. And I was like, I'm going to start collecting movies. And so I remember going to Blockbuster and they had the DVD combo pack, the trilogy for sale. And this was preceding Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or Crystal, Crystal Skull. And so I bought the DVDs and I was like, babe, 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 let's watch the, let's watch the trilogy. She's like, yeah, I've seen them all. Uh, still, the movie's coming out. We're going to watch the trilogy. So we marathon them. We enjoyed them because it's Indiana Jones. Granted, there's Temple of Doom exists, but still. Mm-hmm. And uh, then this movie came out and I was excited and it starts and I was like, cool. The beginning of this movie, other than like some CG here and there, I'm like, this really matches the tone. Some the tone. CG? It matches the feel of Indiana Jones. <laughs> and then the rest of the movie happened and I was quite disappointed, right? Sure. That's all I'm going to say right now. Yeah, sure. It kind of made me do like, kind of like the dog head tilt. Like, yeah. like you hungry? Huh? You know, huh? You know, it's like aliens, huh? They like, aren't aliens. They're interdimensional okay, beings. Okay, but we're going to call them aliens in this show. They go to Roswell. And so I walked out going, well, yeah, the other ones exist. It didn't quite ruin the franchise for me. It didn't need to be made. It was not a necessary movie. Well, and, I mean, this was on my list of most anticipated. I have my blog post from way back then. Five movies I'm excited to the see former this summer. The former 786.blogspot.com. Yeah. This is 2008. You can, you can find it. There's is 2008. And I said, uh, my number five was The Dark Knight. <laughs> Nice. What? My number four. My number four was Hancock. <laughs> oh. My number three was Speed Racer. Okay. Oh. My number two was Crystal Skull, and my number one was Iron Man. Oh right. wow! Yeah, it's wow. pretty bad. Dark Knight was fifth. Yeah, sorry, I jumped into yours there, but I, I no, you're good. I was anticipating. I was cautious. Zach, uh, this movie. So came when you were out. a wee lad sitting on your mother's this, lap, this movie came out BMM <laughs> for Mamma Mia. Uh, I didn't see it until well after Mamma Mia. Yeah, I did not see this movie in theater. Did you grow up with the Indiana Jones movies? Um, I saw them when I was young. I remember my grandpa when I was, I don't know how old I was, but yeah, I was like, I'm still a kid. Mm-hmm. He's like, you've never seen those movies? And we like that night sat down and kind of watched them. And they had like a nice large TV. Sure. And uh, watched at least one, if not two of them. Um, and I was like, oh, these are pretty cool, kind of s- slowish. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and then I remember thinking, wow, that Temple of Doom one's real gross. Um, but I didn't. Yeah. It wasn't until... Shocking. They were released on uh, DVD. The original trilogy it was released on DVD. That I actually like sat down and watched them and like enjoyed them. And that wasn't until I was a teenager. Okay, but I wasn't uh, enamored with the franchise. I thought it was pretty cool. Themes great, characters cool. But I, I I didn't really like love watching the movies all that much. Mm-hmm. Though I did enjoy them. And so I wasn't really. Uh, I frankly I didn't care. Yep. that uh, Crystal Skull was coming out. And so I, I, I didn't pay any attention to it. The most I saw anything about it was actually at the uh, place I worked. It was Sizzler. They had a poster in back that definitely violated like uh, copyright laws that they had altered it to say something company related, like the kingdom of, of the, the good customer service <laughs> okay. or something like that. It was sure. very stupid. And I, but I always saw that poster and that was my experience with it. Really? Like I, I, I never saw it. <laughs> And then one day, I guess I was just like, whoa, probably should check that out. 
and uh, just like watched it. Maybe it was on TV or like a movie channel or something. Yeah. And I finally sat down and watched it and went, oh, I'm glad I wasn't in a hurry. Yeah. So I didn't really have any buildup or hyper anticipation for it. So I really couldn't have been disappointed because I didn't really invest. So Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't. I was I was well, but you can I see guess. it as the bad movie. I was like, oh well, but I wasn't be. expecting it to be great. Sure, yeah. So I, I guess I I wasn't disappointed by this movie because I didn't care all that much. Okay. Hmm. In years since, I'm a big fan of at least two Indiana Jones movies. Sure, big like big fan, and uh, very happily rewatched uh, Last Crusade going into this. That's a fun one. And it was like, whew, that's a real fun movie. Yes, it is. Okay. <sighs> Let's pull down the positivity curtain here. Indiana Jones? We're in the positive area now. Okay, yes. let's just start there. Officially, now. I can start. Whoosh. Yes, officially, we can start yes. whipping each other. That sounds weird. Quotable quotes. So, Indiana Jones, if you don't know, is a, is a media franchise, a series of films, and a television show about Dr. Henry Indiana Jones Jr. Uh, I named the dog Indiana. <laughs> he's, a, he's a professor of archaeology in the movies. Uh, starting in the first film in 1981 with Raiders of the Lost Ark. In 1984, they released a prequel, Temple of Doom. And then in 1989, The Last Crusade came out. And it was pretty much done after that. They, they literally yeah. ride off into the sunset right off into at the, the, end sunset of, at at the, the end end. Last Crusade. All four films so far have been directed by Steven Spielberg. But these are ideas and writing by George Lucas. It's that combination of the two. Yep. Which has worked very well in the past before. Actually, when they first got started back in the 1970s, Lucas and Spielberg made a deal with Paramount Pictures for five Indiana Jones films. Mm-hmm. Wow. But after they got the three done, they kind of went, well, that, that was a good ending. Maybe we'll end it there for a while. Yeah. And even though there was a TV show, and we can get into this uh, at a later date, right? Mm-hmm. More of the history. We, we could do a whole show on the franchise. Yeah. They were done. They rode off into the sunset in yeah. The Last Crusade. Literally. Yes. And, and just in case people aren't familiar with Indiana Jones, he's known by his iconic bullwhip, his fedora, and his leather jacket. Yes. And Harrison Ford's voice. Hey, kid. Pointing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then we get Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. The short version is they kept trying to come up with ideas for how to continue the franchise and didn't come up with good ideas, didn't come up with good ideas. Because Last Crusade no. came out in 89. 89. Yes. Right. Okay. Well, and, so and Kingdom of the Crystal Soul came out in 2008. I remember when they were doing the Star Wars prequels that they were also thinking of relaunching this franchise. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, Harrison Ford is getting a bit old. This is about 2001, 2002. And they're like, we're going to do like a plot around Atlantis. And I was like, that's a cool idea. Sure. Yeah. And they just delayed and delayed. And obviously the prequels kind of took over the limelight for a little bit there yeah. and then waited. And this movie wasn't released till 2008. Well, and, and, and fact, he's even that much older. Harrison Ford uh, said at one point, and I don't know if he, which who he said this to or when he said it. So I'm sorry, but he said, if it goes, if it goes past 2008, it's probably not worth doing anymore. Sure. So they kind of rushed for the finish line on this and got a, a script hurried and ready so they could get it out. And get oh, it was a door. good idea. Yeah. But <laughs> let's, let's get the synopsis of kingdom of the crystal skull. So in 1957, an archeologist and adventurer, Indiana Jones, is called back into action and becomes entangled in a Soviet plot to uncover the secret behind mysterious artifacts known as the Crystal Skulls. Once again, directed by Steven Spielberg and starring Harrison Ford, Kate Blanchett, Karen Allen, Shia LaBeouf, uh, and others. Yeah. So I'll just, those are the main ones. Right. Uh, we are going to be spoiling this movie, Did you say by John the Hurt? Uh, yeah. I didn't, but he's in this. John Hurt. John Hurt's in this. Now, uh, this movie has passed like a decade and a half, or maybe near two decades mm-hmm. since, uh, and granted, in real time, and also in movie time, right? Yes. The threat in those early movies, except for Temple of Doom, was the Nazis. Nazis. And now it's 1958. And even though Nazis were or 57, yes. the Nazis were supposed to be the original villains. But now 
It's the Russians. Well, it's the 50s. Soviets. And Steven Spielberg said he didn't feel like after he did Schindler's List in 93 mm-hmm. that he could go back to kind of... Campy making, Nazis. Yeah, making fun of like lightheartedness. Of yeah. Making fun of Nazis. And so, but then they did it during the 50s and they wanted to do kind of an homage to B-movies. Like sci-fi B-movies. Yeah. Uh, the, Jerry the Seinfeld? Yes. B-movie, yes. And so they decided to go with Russians and aliens... But not aliens, because they're interdimensional They're beings. aliens, Joel. <laughs> they're aliens, they're George. Aliens. But George said they weren't in a way to kind of trick Steven Spielberg into doing it. So before we get into the actual, like, lengthy synopsis of the movie, ladies and gentlemen of the listener. Oh, no. I have an opening statement. Oh, we're, we're doing that, huh? We're doing that. Okay, here we go. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull cannot necessarily be called a bad movie. Mm. Our anger for the... Dang it. Instead of being mad at what we might consider a tarnished legacy, let's instead look at what the movie represents and how well it stays on theme. The 1950s were a rough time in America's history. Wow, no, it's a history like lesson. chapters in this. Hmm. It was a time when we were coming off winning World War II. The world had settled down. Back-to-back World War champs. <laughs> America. Stopping there. Yeah. But our fears had not. We didn't trust our government. We started fearing atomic consequences and had severe Soviet hysteria. Now let's go back to the two previous good Indian installments. And by that, I mean Raiders and Last Crusade. You're saying this one is not good then? The, no, the two, the previous, two previous good ones. Good ones. Ah, okay. They dealt with the growing power of the Third Reich. I like Temple of Doom. But that's all that made the time frame in those movies relevant. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull lives in the 1950s and there's no ambivalence about it. No. So I'm saying in my opening statement, this movie feels relevant to the time it is set. And the other movies are just like, oh, it's early 1900s. It's 30s, probably 30s or 40s. This one makes a point of saying, here's everything you know from the 1950s, all in one movie. It's time stamped. Yes. Within its setting. Yes. And in that way... It seems to me like you could say that, about, like you said, oh, it's in the 30s or 40s. This one's like, oh, it's in the 50s. You didn't even know the date a second ago. You said 58. Yeah, one year difference. I'm getting after you. <laughs> I'm going to take this towards you. Oh, what are your difference? Which? Mm. Listen. I have been, <laughs> as you've been going on and on. <laughs> For like 30 seconds. Are you done with your opening statement? I am done. May I give mine? Yes, please. This movie was made. Thank you. Correct. <laughs> oh, man. That was a factual statement. Yeah. Factual. I do want to give some positives real quick, though, just kind of behind the scenes stuff. Uh, they decided just like the previous films, they wanted to do this with traditional stunt work instead of a lot of CGI, which yep. 2008 was a lot of CGI was happening. Mm-hmm. So they did their best to do like <laughs> as much practical effects as possible. I'm following here. This is good. Keep going. Yes. Uh, I actually like that Harrison Ford talked about how he doesn't want the audience because he was he was aging at this point. Yes. And, and still is. But he didn't want the audience to see the back of a stuntman's head. And so in any shot he could be in, he wanted everyone to see his face and he wanted to do the stunts as much as he possibly could. And yeah. to his credit, he fought for certain things like the, the studio's like saying, well, we don't want to use a, uh, We don't want you really using a whip that could hurt right. you. And he's like, that's ridiculous. I'm going to use a whip. Yeah. Hey, kid, I'm going <laughs> to use a whip. <laughs> Also, he made a point of saying, yeah, I'm aging. Let's talk about that. Right. 
And so he made it a point of bringing it up like, yeah, we know he's old. We're going to talk about it. So it's us taking control of the conversation over and rather over than the audience and calling and it. over and over. Well, you couldn't avoid it, though. Zach. <laughs> mm. You couldn't avoid the aging, and so why not make that part of the movie? But also to his credit, he was they, they said they there was very little change in his costume. Like he didn't have to redo the costume, he still had yeah. the same basic measurements. Well, he no, got in great he shape. He said he'd been working out, like yeah. knowing that a movie would be coming out. And I'll tell you, there legitimately are certain shots in this movie where you go, he looks almost indistinguishable from the previous, you know, versions of himself. Yes, yeah. like there's certain far away, certain angles, yes. whatever. I'm like, <laughs> wow, he looks awesome. So whip. I just, even old Harrison Ford is extremely handsome. I just want to read this progression uh, I found on Wikipedia as well. Factual. No opinion here. Let's hear it. Uh, So as we were talking about CG, Spielberg stated before production began that very few CGI effects would be used to maintain consistency with the other film. (laughs) During filming, significantly more CGI work was done than initially anticipated, as in many cases, it proved to be more practical. (laughs) <laughs> there ended up being a total of about 450 CGI shots in the film. That was only the including, <laughs> including the when Industrial Light and Magic created a virtual jungle with a geography like the real Amazon for the car chasing. Yeah. Like they created a jungle. So they're like, this is just factual. They said, we're not going to use CGI except an entire jungle. Sure. That jungle sure. wasn't real? <laughs> 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 Which <laughs> I coughed. Oh, okay. you're gonna whip me for coughing? Yeah. <laughs> so, and this is also the last film in the Indiana Jones franchise to be distributed by Paramount Pictures because Disney now owns Lucasfilm. So Paramount doesn't oh, have any more. Now it's gonna improve. <laughs> no, that's against Disney, not Indiana no, Jones. We can bash on Disney all we want. Yeah, can we? So the, instead of having the uh, classic Paramount Mountain that fades into. A molehill. Now we get to have like the castle, the Disney castle that fades into like some. We like to see the tapestries. Grown. Nope. As they were writing this film, as they were getting ready to write it, they had three different versions of the script fully written out back in 1996. Mm-hmm. But then Independence Day came out, the most American movie of all time. Yeah, second. And they said, no, I don't know if we can do aliens. And then George Lucas went on to do the prequels. And so they kind of got sidetracked. Sure. They came back to it and they hired M. Night Shyamalan. To write around 2002, they he had, had him boy write at it. the time. Yeah, yeah. But he was overwhelmed trying to rewrite this movie. Or Lady in the Water <laughs> took a lot out of him. And he and uh, M Night Shyamalan said it was difficult to get Ford, Spielberg, and Lucas to focus, which may be true. Yeah, you can kind of see that. And then you have Frank Darabont. He wrote uh, episodes of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Frank Darabont, you may know him from uh, Shawshank Redemption. Dead. Yes, well, and Shawshank Redemption as yeah. well. I'm thinking of stuff he's written that's that's you know good. And Wait, Shawshank Redemption's not? Did you just no, no. Okay. Uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm saying not this. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> ah, well, you forced that. <laughs> yeah, you said it. I, you cannot put Which? that on me. Shawshank Redemption is a fantastic movie, and I will not stand by you saying that I said it wasn't. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and Darabont said that Spielberg loved his script, but Lucas had issues with it. And so then Lucas decided to take over the writing himself. And then originally it had a young daughter, but then Spielberg said that's too similar to The Lost World. Let's switch it to a son. So they made Mutt, who was supposed to be a nerd initially, but Lucas refused, saying he wanted kind of, you know, this bad boy. He's greaser so cool. Type. I mean, I, guess, I deserve that. That, that was uh, everything you said was right, but the sarcasm was <laughs> dripping off of that. I, I, I get it. Lucas, you know, especially with the prequels, his writing is just... Right, but now in retrospect, we're looking at, we're looking at the prequels. That was Star Wars. It's been twenty years. We're looking at the prequels as good, right? And now 
No. I mean, on this show, we're looking better, better. The writing is never like but indefensible. Now we can look at George Lucas with like this kind eye. Everyone was so mad at him for that 10 years. And now it's like, you tried. Is and it? That's what I think he did here. He tried. Oh, I think we're still mad at, at Lucas. We just we just like uh, Ewan McGregor now. Yeah, maybe that's yeah, maybe anyway, that's, yeah. that's that's really. Uh, but I just want to point out that uh, Mutt Shia LaBeouf was was Spielberg's first choice for the role of Mutt. He uh, had a big 2008 because he was well, impressed was, with his performance in Holes. Well, Holes was great. I do like Holes. What's cool about that Positive is statement. Uh, Mutt is a, a, a dog, and Indiana is the name of a dog. They named the dog Indiana. I that's, feel like you're dancing near whipping territory. I'm dancing around the whip. So can we get into the story now? Yes. Okay. Let's, let's get into the story. So the movie begins and Indiana Jones is held captive. No, 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 no. The movie begins. Oh, are we going second by second? Just I want to talk about Just, this. Okay. You have to the talk about the opening. The first thing you see is this, you know, like you said, you see the Paramount logo turns to the molehill. It's almost always a mountain. This, and I'm just stating fact here, this CGI prairie dog yeah. pops up. Yeah. Immediately, this looks different than any other Indiana Jones movie. Sure. Because you're like, what the heck? You think it was supposed to be a little showy? Like, hey, we've got technology now. Yeah. And it was 2008. We're looking at it now with those kind of eyes. Was this bad in 2008? Yes. Was it? Can I say yes? You're asking me a question. You can say that. Yeah. I I don't think this EGI was up to par to be the opening shot. Is that... Okay. But after that, I would say... Tonally, that opening sequence. Yeah, it's great. Where so you've got the uh, the the young kids in the the, you know, the hot rod. Elvis is playing. Where Elvis is fearing for their lives as they're yeah, driving oh, totally. around in this open top convertible. Delinquent, and they're flying it's off like a, road and back on like road. People 30, sitting up on the back of the car. I'm like, and, and they're racing 30, the military. I'm fearing for these stuntmen. Well, what kind of car? They're it's like a 33, 32 Ford. Oh, you better be careful about your years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I generally was concerned ride. about the teenagers at yeah. that point. Right. And the teenagers don't matter except to say, hey, look, we're in poodle skirts. We're driving this car and we're playing Elvis and it's the 50s. And it's a classic Indiana Jones. Like we we have our credits rolling. Yes. Right. Like even though to this point, you know, we've kind of stopped doing that. Right. Star Wars set that precedent. Like you sure. don't have to do credits at the beginning yeah. now. Uh, but we're still having our credit sequence where some fun, inconsequential chase of some sort is yeah. happening. They're drag racing the military guys. Well, Generally That's speaking, cool. in Indiana Jones movies, there's a cold open, mm-hmm. meaning it starts out with a little action sequence that has made maybe little to do with the actual little, plot. Little yeah. or none. The Golden Idol, the uh, uh, flashback in, in Last Crusade, mm-hmm. and the Obi-Wan Kenobi bar thing. In, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. In yeah. uh, Temple of Doom. Yes. But with this one, it is. this is all part of the action, because then you end up at uh, basically Warehouse Area 51. 51. Yeah, Hangar 51. You find out the military are actually the Soviets. Yeah, they're they're, they're led, in disguise. Led by Kate Blanchett with a bob cut. Yeah. That was her idea, by the way, to have that was haircut. It? Yeah. Okay. She, she wanted to have that kind of villainous look to her. So I mean, she, her. she definitely, like, you look at her and go, that person's bad. So, no, it's true, right? That yeah. person is... Uh, That's classic. Again, if we're thinking Moose about Squirtle. classic, you know, villain imagery. Yes. And this is just a, this so, is a bad guy. Just to describe her character, she's like one of the generals of Stalin. Okay. And she's like a great warrior, fencing expert. Like if we were to read her powers and abilities, really high. And one of them is psychic, psychic ability. So <laughs> she's on the front line as like the grand psychic for the Soviets. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even continue saying. <laughs> ah! You got whip for that so one. So they open the trunk and 
Then you see the fedora, Indiana Jones, and his friend Mac, who he's been traveling with for about 10 years. And the reveal is genuinely nice because you see the hat roll on the ground. Yes. You see him pick up. You get that little musical cue. He puts it on, and you're like, Indiana. So you realize they brought Indiana Jones and his traveling partner to find a box that they're looking for that Indiana Jones found 10 years before, and that is... That we didn't see, but yes. yeah. That is, uh, and there's there's a chase and everything. We don't need to describe action scenes. Well, he all that well, much. a little bit. He was brought it. They talk about later. He was brought it before. He was part of a team that examined it before, yeah. but he wasn't taken to that location. A little bit of exposition to it before. So the the way he finds this box is because it is magnetized. Yes, and so he gets some gunpowder and factual statements. Uh, gunpowder throws it up in the air, yeah. and then the gunpowder moves through the warehouse through with the power of selective magnetism. I'm a, it's fact. It's fact. Selective sounds subjective. It's, it is, <laughs> but is it? But they find. We the knew what you meant because it's very magnetized. He opens it Sometimes. up, and then he makes an escape out. And well, he makes an escape, ends up getting on this rocket sled that takes him way out far. And then he ends up in the middle of the desert running through and he sees a Nuke ha- town from Call of Duty. He, yeah, he sees he sees a house, a housing uh, area, walks in there. Turns out it's a nuclear testing facility and a nuclear bomb is about to drop I actually really like when he, in his first time watching it, when he was in that suburban neighborhood. I actually thought they went way too quickly because it's creepy. It's so eerie. He's in this neighborhood by himself. And there yeah. are some Soviets chasing. But then you see like the mannequins standing there. And it's like Soundgarden's music video, Black Hole Sun. Yes. And the whole thing is like, oh, this is really eerie. Can I work we, you backwards a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Can you talk about the rocket car for a second? I actually think that's kind of ridiculous fun. They have a, a really big fight through this warehouse. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of the stronger parts, especially the fun um, scene. And I know it's like a, a trailer moment, but where he's running along through the warehouse and he, he throws the whip across the boxes and tries to jump onto the car yeah. and doesn't quite make it and swings back and smashes into another one. He's like, I thought that was closer. Yeah. That's good. That's classic. It Indiana is classic. Yes. That's pretty. Fun. And then he falls through a floor light skylight because that's there. And mm-hmm. uh, but then the, he, he ha- ends up having a, a large fight with this, you know, Russian bad and yes. they end up on a rocket car. But like accidentally through the power of being thrown through a window, uh, this rocket car is, is a uh, fun fact. Most panels in the 50s were activated by throwing a body against them. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> probably. Obviously. And uh, it's 50s technology. Turn on this rocket car <laughs> and it burns like three people alive. Yeah. And yeah. launches. But the wooziness with which they walk off of that, particularly Harrison Ford performances there, is great. I don't think it was a performance. I think it was generally woozy. From Could the have been woozy. He's a little old. Anyway, so yeah. the famous, maybe infamous to some part, the nuclear bomb drops. And to get away from it. Uh, 30 it, seconds left. Indiana Jones pulls everything out out of a fridge inside one of the a model homes. A lead-lined fridge. They, they make sure to show that it's lead-lined. And he yeah. gets inside just as the nuclear bomb goes off. The house is demolished. The cars are demolished. The mannequins are burned to a crisp right before your eyes. The fridge Black flies through the sun. air, tumbles, falls, hits, rolls, everything. Why do they show it like such an extended drop, such a dramatic impact and roll? It's like they're trying to say, we're in on the joke. Right? Yeah, I think, I think it's over the top and they know it. Okay, so Save then it. there's Save a fridge. It. There's a fridge, and the fridge is intact. And then Indiana Jones stands up and looks at a, at a mushroom cloud, which from like ten feet. Okay, away. I'm going to put this out there. Not a lot of people like the fridge thing, and we can maybe talk about that. Maybe it will come up. There but, is literally a term called nuking the fridge. But the very shot that shot is so of good. him looking over the hill, With looking the at the nuke. That is a cool shot. Crazy dramatic. Love it. Yeah, nuclear fallout. Sure. <laughs> 
Okay, so just after that, the government questions. They clean him up and they question they him. Scrub his they, little body. Yeah, there's <laughs> his little body. His little body. It's Harrison Ford, Zach. Take scrub it his easy. Manly body. Oh wow, gross. Yeah, <laughs> what, those are your two options. Get no, behind. They, get behind my ears. You could just not use modifiers. Okay, they scrub him down. <laughs> they scrub him down with the nuclear whatever. Yeah, and then these start two, to question him. These two agents. Uh, oh, <clears throat> you got sorry. your you got your sarcastic. Okay, arms I, was, out. I did. I'm so sorry. Retract your sarcastic these, wings, Kent. The uh, the janitor from Scrubs plays this cool part uh, of. Hey, he was in The Fugitive as well. Yes, he was. They accuse him of being a communist. They do. Well, and this is what was interesting for me. Sure. Is he goes in and talks about how Indiana Jones is former military. Yes. And I did so not we, know that. We missed that, though, because in the 20, 15 to 20 years of, of movies, we didn't see. Yeah, that was the stuff we didn't see. It's so, unfortunate, so that right? After? Yes. Yeah, after. Although uh, he continued to be a professor of archaeology while doing so, apparently. Right. They call him a communist and they say, hey, you're going to be on the FBI watch list. And then so he gets fired from his job at Marshall College. And so does his dean, apparently, just is forced to resign. Professor Slughorn. Yeah. Played by Jim Broadbent. Him. Great cast. Yeah. Yes. And then we meet Greaser Mutt Williams. Well, before you get into the Shia LaBuffiness, <laughs> I am going to permit you gentlemen <gasps> two free minutes. Two minutes? Just say what you need to say, John Mayer. And go. First of all, gunpowder is not magnetic. Not at all. (laughs) Okay, but not even that. Like the the gunpowder flying, the way it flew through the air, like it was like the mummy, right? It's like the black smoke from Lost, where (laughs) I'm like, this is sentient. They use crowbars to open a wooden box, and there's no problems with the magnetism. And as soon as the wooden box is open, bink! Right up against no, the No, it's edge. hilarious because they, they make this point of like their crowbars like sticking to the box and their guns are hanging freely at their it's side. Fine. And it's then, like, fine. And then all the light, like the, apparently the wooden box was containing all the magnetism because they take that off and the lights the all lights start, start moving to towards yeah. it for one scene. It's so selective. Like, why are they not paying more attention to how the magnets work in this movie? I don't want to make that a plot point. Follow but you want to talk about metal? Let's talk about lead. Let's uh, talk about the fridge. You mean, you mean in the weird town where everything is is all like fake, but the TV's on Howdy Doody for some reason? <laughs> What's the TV Why on? is the TV on Howdy Doody? To show okay. it's the 50s. The term jumping the shark means nothing is supposed to top it. It means it's extra already. It's it, one step it's, too far. Yeah, it went a little crazy. And this movie has gone two steps beyond jumping the shark to the point now, we don't even say, ju- well, we still say jumping the shark, but now it's nuking, nuking the fridge. The fridge. Yeah. Uh, can I point out? Go on. We see the mannequins burned to a crisp. Yeah. And we see that the... the uh, it's uh, hot. Would we say it's hot? Yeah. And you see that the, the fridge tumble hurry, down. Hurry, hurry. We have less time. Uh, so, yeah. So, so the concussive force and heat alone would have killed Indiana Jones. <laughs> oh, yeah. But he said he gets out and dusts himself off and stands <laughs> around. They didn't give him anything. a broken leg. He literally would have concussions and broken bones, and he would be just a pool of blood. Indiana bones. <laughs> okay. How many houses were in that neighborhood? Several? Oh, 12. How many dozen, maybe? How many fridges were supposed to be thrown in the air then? Because how did that fridge conveniently get thrown perfectly so outside far past the Russian car that yeah. also got blown I up? I think it would have been better had the whole place, like the, the neighborhood, have been demolished and there'd be just like fridges standing up around. I wanted to see fridges flying like it was arrows in 300. They should have, been, <laughs> should have, you know, blocked the sky with fridges, apparently. And so Spielberg, feast under the Spielberg, fridges. Spielberg knows it was a bad idea, too, at the nuclear fridge. He said, blame me. Don't blame George. That was my steel idea. I'm proud of that. I'm glad I was able to bring that into popular culture. You know, Stephen, I do blame you. Then Lucas denied it, saying, oh, Spielberg was protecting me. And he actually wanted to have Back to the Future. They, they originally were going to get in a fridge right by a nuclear bomb, and that's how they're going to get back in time. There's going to be a, a nuclear fridge at Back to the Future. Oh, he's almost ruined Back to the Future? But instead, they put it here. They put it here. 
I've, and I don't know why they did. I've given you extra time because you haven't mentioned why are there three different shots of CGI gophers in I this don't sequence? No, and they look bad. They look why? bad, Zach. Why did why 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 do we have to keep checking on what the gophers are doing? They're like, <laughs> we can do this. No, you can't. Hey, hey, peanut gallery gophers, what you got? <laughs> okay, that was three minutes. Oh, of okay, wow. That was three minutes. <sighs> okay, good. Um, guys. I feel, I feel way too fast. I do feel better. I do feel a little bit. My blood pressure is lowering now. Yeah. yeah. No, oh, it, it's lowering after that? Because well, I be got honest. it out. Okay. Like, uh, so then we meet. That was, a, that was a weird sequence. And yeah. I think we're about to move into a stretch of this movie. It's pretty solid. I would actually agree with that because. No, this, is the, this is the strongest part of the movie. Mutt Williams shows Are up. Are we talking about BMs again? <laughs> <laughs> Mutt Williams. Shia LaBeouf shows up and he looks like a 1950s kid. A little rebel without a cause, right? Totally. And that's the research he did going into this role. Hot take. I like him. I think he's good. Joel, that's a witch to both I, of us. We were silent for way too long. <laughs> Thumper taught me. <laughs> you say this you on say every defense nice, show. Don't say anything at all. Okay. No, but here's the thing. He's introduced, and it really introduces the 50s, I think, at this point. Other sure. than, like, uh, communist talk or whatever. So this is when you see... and Cody Duty didn't do it before? This is when you... Well, yeah. But this is when you see... Spielberg try his West Side Story mix, you know, it, the little fight in the diner. Dude. And then this is this isn't like a, a bad thing, but I didn't I guess I didn't notice this the first time. Full on when that rumble starts in the in the malt shop. Yeah. First thing is a dude grabs a glass mug, a big old glass a milkshake mug, slams it on the head of another guy. First strike. And yeah. I was like, wow, that guy's dead. It's the 50s. It's a violent time. <laughs> uh, well, you're getting ahead of yourself, though. That fun sequence where they're sitting at the table and just talking and exposition dumping. But where Which, where Mutt takes the beer off of the yeah. server's tray, and then Indy picks it up and we'll puts see. it back. And I think that's where that's the server fun. doesn't notice. That's where this movie works. And Indiana Jones has always had sidekicks. Uh, his dad. His dad, short right. Short round. I, I think the, uh, Sala. the snarkiness that Indy's always had with his sidekicks has been great. And I don't think it's lost here. No. Actually. They, well, we they should clarify fight. what they talked about, too, because they say Mutt comes there to say, hey, this professor I used to hang out with has disappeared. You know yeah. him. Oxley. Uh, Professor Ox, and also my mom disappeared. Can you help me? That's kind yeah. of what he's saying. My to mom, Indiana Mary Jones. Williams. So of course they're pursued, and they need to go on this chase. And I legit think the chase is fun. This Back to the Future chase. Yes, it's great. It's the, maybe too short. The chase. I love it. Their it's the best action Mutt's, sequence in the movie. Mutt's on a motorcycle with Indiana Jones, and yeah. the car comes up next to him and starts kind of attacking him. Like Harrison he's Ford pulled into the car, climbs into the car, and, and then goes out the other side and gets back on the motorcycle on the other side. That's a fun moment. It's really fun. That is a fun. They moment. end up in the library, and the student asks a question about class. If you, want, if you want to be an archaeologist, you got to get out of the library. And I think this is one of my biggest defenses of the movie. Archaeology is 70% of the library, a line he says in uh, Last Crusade. Let's yeah. poke holes. But this is, this is a campy movie. And like we're seeing it with, with the jokes yeah. and with this action. Campy or wax? Because they slid really far on that floor. They do slide sure. miraculously far, particularly Indy himself. Uh, I think the motorcycle would slide a good ways. But he, like, eh, yeah, Indiana Jones slides too. Well, far he just there. got cleaned up uh, from the... Uh, the government, every uh, a little soapy still. Everyone's always clean in this movie. Yeah, yeah. If we look at it through a B movie in a in a campy point of view, yeah, I think it's I think this works this and it's sequence, worked so far. I think this sequence is really good. Yeah, legitimately like and, fun to watch. Mm -hmm. And Mutt does give him at that time kind of the information about these crystal skulls that Ox Professor Ox had found. These skulls of legend, and this is an actual legend in history. These crystal skulls. <sighs> And okay, so they bring I up. feel bad for George Lucas because he obviously wrote this when he, he researched Crystal Skulls. Yeah. What yes, Crystal when Skulls? When he was five. What? Hmm? What? Okay. 
Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So Crystal We don't know Skulls, how old he was. That could be factual. Crystal Skulls existed at the time. And yeah. people were kind of going, hey, it's more like folklore. It's like, hey, some civilizations have been destroyed because they mocked these skulls. And so it could be something like the Ark, where if a, if a certain government has control of these, you could decimate a people. And if you reunite, and this was the actual legend, which shows up later in the movie, if you reunite these skulls to where they need to be, you can get the ultimate knowledge. Here's where I ultimate feel bad treasure. for... Here's where, yeah, that's true, right? Because <laughs> it's knowledge. This is why I feel bad for George Lucas is because this was disproven. They were actually seen as like they were... They were well, it's a hoax. It was a hoax yeah. created maybe 100 years before. So they were handcrafted very well. And they were kind of... They had elongated the skulls, not quite alien mm -hmm. or extra dimensional beings, mm -hmm. but they looked like strange human skulls. Yeah. And so they were uh, considered to be a hoax in 2008 when this movie was released. And he probably... You know, this was made, what, 2007, right? Yeah. So he's just barely... It's almost late. like the attention uh, given to them from this movie... Was the extra research was that pushed them wrong to disprove them. So I actually kind of feel bad for George Lucas. I think yeah. you want to make it like, this is a cool thing, isn't it? Okay, I don't, so I don't necessarily to, need it to be real, though. I don't sure. look at it and go, oh... Oh, but don't we? Because real. look at no. like what worked in like with the Ark. Yeah, uh, the look, Ark. What, look the, the Holy Grail. Or those rocks. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay to say because and laugh at because that's Temple of Doom. Yeah, that's fine. Not last the rocks. We're not defending Temple of Doom. I don't Doom, need the rocks. Although I would to be happily real. defend Temple of Doom because rewatching it again, it is a lot of fun. So then, uh, Mutt. <laughs> Sorry, just uh, I had something in my throat. Um, <laughs> Mutt and Indy go to Peru and they go to this grave and they find in this grave one of the crystal skulls. Yeah. As they're they are attacked by people with poisonous blow darts. <laughs> okay. Oh. Yes. Get it together. They yes. In a really cool set. It was a really cool set. Really cool know? set. Yes. The, the Once set, again, the maybe not enough good. time spent there. Yeah. That's a, yeah. that was like the that whole where was that? The uh, uh Peruvian Ninjaville. Oh. Peruvian Ninjaville. <laughs> and they go and uh conquistador guy is perfectly preserved in some wrapping. And uh, then they're yeah. like, oh, this other one's already been cut open. And I guess here's the skull. Yeah. Yes. Underneath. Yes. So, but then after they find the skull, they end up getting kidnapped by the Soviets and taken to a Soviet camp in the Amazon jungle. How'd the Soviets get there? By plane, by map. You know how they travel by map? Oh, they travel by map. Yeah. yeah. So right. you can see the red lines on a map. Easy. Yeah. Ba -da -ba -da -ba. So, uh, at, and when they get there to the, the camp in the Amazon that the Russians have made, they find Ox. Who's gone crazy? Yeah, uh, played, played by, John by the Hurt, brilliant John Hurt, who's Ollivander. You know him, from yeah. Harry Potter. And then they also find Mutt's mom, Mary, who turns out to be Marion, Marion Ravenwood, Ravenwood, Lockwood. What am I saying? Yeah, but she was by Mary Williams, Don Lockwood. Yeah. But Marion Ravenwood, the original Karen Allen actress, has from Indiana Jones and Raiders How of the Lost cool Ark. How cool is that? Came back to the story and Bring she that background because their rapport in Raiders was so good. Yes, and like we've seen Indy be a womanizer throughout this franchise. Yes. And now we're bringing it back to the original. I liked seeing Marion again. Me too. That that brought joy to my heart. And immediately they just start being snarky to each other. It's like they never yes. missed a beat. Yes. And apparently he uh, he they, they were together for a while and then he left and and disappeared. She said, even though he was teaching the whole time. Um, sure. Yeah. But he's a dirtbag. <laughs> then throughout the course of them trying to escape, Marion reveals that Mutt is actually Indy's son. In quicksand. That's her confession. That's all factual. It is all factual. Yes. And, but it's they, a family movie. They try to get away, but the Soviets end up finding them again, and they get back into camp, and they, they're learned that, that... You remember how Kate Blanchett is a Soviet with psychic powers? Yes. Uh -huh. Apparently, the skulls have psychic powers as well, and if you, stare in, if you stare in their eyes like the dark crystal, 
you'll go mad. That is the story they went with. Yeah. I want to say other things, but yeah. No. Can't. They, they make Indy look into the eyes of this crystal skull, and he starts getting this message, and he starts... Ox, like I said, has gone crazy. and isn't mm-hmm. making any sense. He's just moving his hands around. And then once Indy looks in the skull for a little bit, they kind of make this mental connection, and he realizes that Ox is trying to write something. So then they, they put a pencil in his hand and put a paper in front of him, and he starts writing down symbols and, and letters. And right. He's gotten a little crazy. And they basically get the message, return the skull. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what they got to do. Which is interesting. Um, this is factual. This is not, you know, hurting the plot at all. But the uh, Russians, the Soviets, are looking to return the skull. And so is Indiana Jones. It's very similar to Raiders of the Lost Ark that Where way. Yeah, you similar have, goals. Well, If I'll, Indy just got out of the way, maybe the uh, bad guys wouldn't get as far as they would. Yeah, it's most similar to Raiders of the Lost Ark, but even um, Last Crusade, right? You have your villain uh, headed toward, the, you know, your its goal, right? Yeah. And Indy's also like, well, I guess I also got to go for the goal as well. And they end up intersecting the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so and, and Indiana and Jones. If if the Nazis in, in Raiders of the Lost Ark would have gotten to the Ark first, same thing would have happened as it, they wouldn't have. Yeah. In Last Crusade, if they would have gotten to the Grail before the other, same thing would have happened. Like It's interesting how that plays out, but it's still, it's like who will get there first is kind of in a compelling it, thing. Is he the most passive movie hero? Well, I think that the villains end up getting there because of him. Yeah, no, yeah, I think he's, he's helping he, him. Kind of a trailblazer kinda, there. Yeah, a, a trailblazer for the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> they should put that on the tagline. <laughs> Speaking of trailblazing... Then oh, they well, decide- well, hold on. We need to go back. I, I want you to talk a little bit more because I think there's something defensible about the uh, the quicksand sequence. I think that's pretty fun. I agree. Because you get in there. And first of all, they start to sink. And then Professor Indian, you know, Professor Jones comes out. And he's like, oh, it's quicksand. He's like, no, actually, uh, quicksand has a, a mixture of water and mud. Uh, this is actually, you know, whatever he says there. Sure. Interdimensional I think, sand. I think that's... <laughs> Kinetic sand. I think that's fun. Uh, and not only that, but it's like when, when we're kids, almost every kid, for some you weird reason, your top three fears, it's going to be quicksand. Yeah. Sharks, yeah. sharks, quicksand, right up there. And yeah. uh, white vans. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, but then this, the whole, um, I, the only way I can save him is to throw him a snake that would absolutely have ripped well, him half. Not hey, only, uh, I get whipped. Not only this, though, but I think this is where action is done right in the movie. And I'm being completely honest is they're sinking in the quicksand and exposition is being given back and forth because it's who Indian Marion are. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that is good writing because when there's just exposition at a diner, eh, who cares? But when it's happening during a tent scene like that and they're sinking and their lives are about to end, it's actually really well written. And then when she tells him Mutt's his son, he immediately yeah. goes into parent mode. I See, I, I, I thought great. that was which, great. Which, that was funny. Yeah. He's was specifically funny. saying to, you know, he he said to, to Indy earlier, you know, I don't want to go to any, any of these fancy prep schools where they taught me to fence. Little setup for later. And then uh, I just want to work Some on... Some call it foreshadowing. I want to work on motorcycles. He's like, well, then, yeah, do you love it? Then follow what you love. And then as they're sinking, Indy you know, tells Marion... You gotta get get off the kid's back about school. Just let him do what he wants. And then while he's saying that, she says he's your son. He's like, why didn't you make him go to school? Yeah. Why didn't you, Why did you make him go to school? I I, I found myself legitimately laughing. That yeah, me too. Enjoying that. That was fun exposition. I agree. Now back to trailblazing because then we get a machine uh, as they're going to. I guess they're going to the temple, the the Mayan temple. Where are they going at that point? Just cut through the jungle. They're fine. They're finding the way to the skull where it needs to go. Anyway, they have this they machine. They lost the map that they could travel by. They have this machine that immediately logs trees, separates them, and maybe removes stumps for the trees for the cars that are driving behind them. It's a roadmaker ahead of its time. 
It's a it's a big road. It's from Ferngully, basically. Yeah, it is. But yes, Joel. Well, they 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 have the convoy that is sometimes there and sometimes not there, depending what shot it is. And <laughs> it's just truth. That is fact. Okay, no. Here's the thing. They destroy this vehicle that is clearing trees, right, to make the yes. trail. Yes. And Spinner is like almost destroying everyone, right? Kind of yes. has destroyed some chiefs, but they can still ride. It's fine. Anyways, <laughs> apparently they don't need it because it goes through trail. <laughs> hey, 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 <laughs> hey, we're not there yet. No, we're not we there. Not, we're not I could stop myself. <laughs> so then they go through a 45-minute uh, action sequence. <laughs> I don't know how long it is. It's, that was a guesstimate. It does feel very long. But it's an action sequence where they are driving and they're fencing on, like Mutt is fencing against bangs on top of the car. And they're fighting back and Banks. forth. Banks. Is that Kate Blanchett's name? Sure. I can't remember her real name. Kate Blanchett. <laughs> hey. Bangs, Bangs Blanchett. You remember that uh, chase sequence in Raiders of the Lost Ark with like the trucks and stuff? Yeah. Yes. You remember the, the tank in Last Crusade? Yes. yes. You remember the, 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 the trolley cart, the, the, the oh, mining yeah. cart? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Those are great chases, aren't they? Those are great. Yes, chases. they are. Factual, Thank you, they Zach. are. Yeah, they are. So this we one put another chase in this Indiana Jones movie. Th this, this, I, I might say the bulk <laughs> of the movie is during this chase. They drive for a very long time. They shoot a lot. They then encounter some killer ants that devour whatever's in their path. You're going way too fast, but I get it because we don't want to delay this scene. This is the, I, I don't. I don't want this discussion to be as long as that sequence. Mm -hmm. And then, at, then they, and then they drive up Here, near a cliff. Here's what I think they were trying to accomplish here. CG has been around for 10 years. Yes. And they're still trying to work on some things. Uh, animals, they, they haven't yet perfected, but they're, they're trying, right? I forgot about that. Okay. And so not only was there, you know, some fencing. There, the, there's a lot of action happening. I'm trying to find the positives. There's a lot of action happening, right? There's a lot. For audiences that just want to sit there and watch an action scene play out for near 45 minutes, they're going to get... Something for their eyes. <laughs> so I'm just going to go through okay. the list here. <laughs> Something. There, there's fencing. Yes. Yeah. There's shooting. Yeah. There's uh, well, skidding. Well, near, near Jean-Claude Van Damme level of two legs on two different vehicles. Sure. Yes. There is uh, monkey swinging. Yes. There You're is gonna... killer ants. Yeah. Uh, and killer ant, is killer uh, ant ladders. Gravity cliff, defying trees. Cliff jumping into a tree. Yeah. And waterfalls. Then three waterfalls. Okay, no, but that gets back to my thing. Is like they were trying to push the envelope as far as what a CG action scene could be uh, could be pulled off. They, I they think were trying to take this franchise. I think you level. see this in modern Marvel movies in 2022, right? Like, or whatever year this may be when you listen. It's like sometimes the CG is kind of shoddy. You're like, that didn't actually happen in real life. And so judging from 2008 eyes, a lot is happening. And it's, it's, a, it's a reason to get the characters from A to B. In a fun way. That is a description yeah. of what you just said. Yeah. Gentlemen, now Please, is you the can, time. You can hear it, can't you? I can hear. You were given... Do I, I want to give you another three minutes. That no, no, just, uh, two. I think two? Two, I don't know. I don't want to go too long, but at we'll the same see. time, I got a lot to we'll say. We'll see where you're at at two minutes. And go. So Mutt, Mutt is awful. From his hair to his... To a constantly combing his hair attitude. He's from the 50s, I Joel. It. I hate his cool boy persona. It doesn't work. But he's the cool boy who rides motorcycles and fences on top of Jeeps. And he fences the, the greatest general of the Soviet army. Hey, he took some fencing in college. Didn't you hear him? Or some in high fencing. school. Did you say that? Uh, while he's fencing, his mom is coaching him. Repost. Repost. Hey. And he's almost getting, you know, hit in the in the middle but, with a bunch of trees. But, you know, at least with the fencing, you know, the pointy end is on one side. The handle's on the other, right? Yeah. With poison darts, apparently if you blow them backwards <laughs> into the native ninja's mouth, it still poisons yeah, them. Yeah, they're twin-sided darts, apparently. I have no you idea go back what to the happened Peruvians, there. Then. 
I just, no, but here's the thing. Mutt's not perfect. Sometimes a vine will catch him by the shoulders and he'll be pulled up into the trees. It's an elevator vine. <laughs> Guess what? When that happens, monkeys are your best friends. I don't know how vines work. I've never been hit by a vine before. But for some well, we reason, George of the Jungle, sure. it's a low-hanging vine that he hits and he gets elevated to the top of the trees. Yeah. How did that happen? We played platformers on, on Sega Genesis. That's probably how it happened. remember how cool it was when he found like the grail, when he found the rocks, how cool it is when so he finds cool. the items. How dumb it was when he found the stupid crystal skull. Oh, here it is. By the way, it looks like a, a garbage bag covered in epoxy. <laughs> oh, by the way, you mentioned you mentioned the snake is a rope when he's like, here, this is the only thing I can find was this giant snake. I'm going to throw it to you head first, and then I'm going to pull you out. You said to yourself that snake would rip in half. Also, I think there's a bunch of branches around you could have used. Okay, back to the monkeys, okay? We're, we're just delaying the monkeys. What's going on with... Why is Shia okay. LaBeouf Tarzan? He's three miles behind the Jeep at this point, and he looks at the monkeys, and he goes, let's do this. And he is swinging faster than cars can travel. Well, he studied swinging in, in high school. <laughs> and he's swinging. I mean, I'm surprised we didn't hear a... Uh, uh, so close to that. And literally, there is a perfect swinger and then lands right on top of the Jeeps. Well, the it's thing fine. is, though, Kent, you know, he can move fast, but bullets are slow here because I don't know how many times they shot machine guns through leaves and they did not hit the, any of their targets. They're all blasting. <laughs> Nothing is happening. Why is Marion in this movie? Oh, for one reveal, telling him that he's the son, and then she just drives the car? No, but she also looked and saw the branch that she is eventually going to drive onto and fall into the water. That foreshadowing is what made the difference. Also, her last name is Vin Diesel. It's just Marion Vin Diesel. This movie's about family. It's Fast and the Furious <laughs> with Indiana Jones. Let's drive off a cliff onto a branch have and you guys, slap back and hit Have you guys Russians. ever gone cliff diving before? Yeah, hate yeah. it. It's, it's terrifying, yeah. and if you hit the water wrong, it's painful. But apparently you can drive off the water, like three different waterfalls, two times with a car, and the third time just falling out, and you're fine. Three of these people Nothing's are wrong. on Social Security. Shake they it are off. dead. They are dead from this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How, how much time we got left? That's about three minutes. Do we spend enough time on the monkeys? <laughs> We're back to happy now. <sighs> hey, guys. Hey. Hey, hey listener. Hey. That felt good. Hey, you guys like Legends of the Hidden Temple? <laughs> yeah, actually, yes. It's pretty fun. Yeah, right? I actually do. Yeah. So they get, they, they, they find this ancient Mayan or Aztec, depending who you talk to, temple. Uh, I was actually confused about that for a while there, but they realize as they go through and they kind of start, you know, pulling stones out and sand comes down and then the tower goes up and the sand falls down. A practical set. By the and way. apparently, I shouldn't say apparently, according to this movie, factual, yeah. you need a crystal skull to use as a key mm -hmm. to unlock the door. Yes. So how did they get the skull in the first place? You pull the key out. It's like when you're leaving your house and you you know you like lock the you door. Just take a skull yeah. with you on the way out. Oh, where'd my skull go? Uh. It's a, yeah, you like you you lock the skull the, like the okay. door from the inside. Can we back up though? Because I do need to defend how they keep surviving so many things. Because I don't think this series has ever been all that brilliant when it comes to near death. No. Because I think Indiana Jones has always really had dumb things in the movies. You know, and so I think this is par for the course. Totally. And I don't even mean that as a slam. So, for example, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, he swims over to the top of a U-boat. Uh -huh. And then the scene changes, right? We travel by map. He, how did he get back into the U-boat? Guys, did he get into the U-boat? That submarine. How he got away from the Nazis. How did he survive? He can hold his breath. Can I tell you how he survived? In a deleted scene, they filmed him. He whipped his bullwhip around the periscope and followed it on top of the water as the, as the submarine kept going. Okay? That's dumb. 
Okay. In the that's last, why they deleted it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. In the Last Crusade, it's a fun scene, but when there's a fighter plane coming to shoot Henry Senior and Henry Junior on the beach, Henry Senior gets umbrella. It's a fun scene because it's Sean Connery. Uh, but when he gets the seagulls, bah, 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 hey, birds can dumb. take down. They can commercial but airlines. It's, it's extremely precise, Joel. It's pretty dumb, mm. albeit a fun scene. Let my army be the rocks also, and the trees. Let's, let's and jump back to Temple of Doom real quick, even though I'd rather not. They jump out of a plane. In an inflatable raft, three people in an inflatable raft. Yeah. It falls down, boom, hits the side of a mountain. They start sledding on the inflatable raft, and then they drop again off a cliff, boom, right in the water, dead twice. This movie, honestly, we can't, mm. we can't say, oh, they fell off three waterfalls, or oh, he walked out of a, a fridge and kind of uh, shook it off. In all of those previous examples, they did not have a car that was also a boat. Yeah. So I think... I think the near-death escapes is par for the course, I f- and it's fine for the series. And you I have to have like it in this kind of adventure movie. Yes. I feel like... Go on. That is acceptable if it were done minimally, say, one waterfall. But when you choose to make it three, it may push the boundaries for some. For some. That it may push the boundaries of, like, why did you have to go three? That's the rule of three. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, Joel. You're a comedian. It's funny, right? I hate you both. <laughs> Okay, so are you done defending that part of it? Actually, yeah. Okay. I think I did a good job. Because then, (laughs) sure. And then when they get down there at the very bottom, they find this chamber where there are a circle of skeletons. How many do you think there are? Like, like I'm going to say, actually, the legend is 13. The actual, the the hoax legend that it was all based around? 13. 13. Oh, yeah. So So 12. It says 13 crystal skeletons. 12 fully intact. One of which is missing a skull. And then uh, Evil Bangs Blanchett comes up mm-hmm. and she puts she deci- she takes the skull from Indiana and then brings it similar goal brings it near the skull and it magnetizes right to the, the or brings it near the skeleton and the skull magnetizes to the skeleton and it makes the Guys, whole thing whole. I'm saying this because I, I like the practical sets in this and I like the this practical set, everything. This is the best and, sequence and Zach, of sets. You kind of hated on the skull. I like the way the skull looks. I think it's eerie, and I think having the crystal it body looks like a xenomorph. And yeah, it does. The crystal bodies with the skull and the way the skull attached. Up to that, I thought that was really cool. You, you know what plastic looks like, right, though? Oh, that. <laughs> I'm yes. just asking. You know what plastic looks like? It looks, looks like, like that, but it's unrelated. Time. You have an unrelated question? We're talking about a movie where we just saw a 45-minute CG scene. You're we are finally seeing sack. something. We're seeing something. If it's plastic, at least it's real. The bag of bags? Yes. <laughs> Covered <laughs> in a skull boxing. of skulls. <laughs> At least it's real. Okay. Yes. But so th- then once yeah. the skull attaches back to the skeleton, the, the, the mm. skeleton, I'm just going to read this on Wikipedia, the source of the truth. I'm not, I'm not making any sort of opinion here. Oh, okay. Their entire ske- uh, bodies match the epoxy yes. uh, head. Uh, the skeletons telepathically offer to give a reward to the group using Oxley as a translator. And then she, uh, being Evil Bangs Blanchette, demands to simply know all Shebangs. of the so knowledge. Call it Shebangs. Shebangs. Mm-hmm. All of the knowledge of the aliens. And then they all, uh, the aliens start spinning in a circle and they all combine together to form uh, the alien from signs. And then... Very similar scene to Raiders when they want to use it for power and they do this ritual. Uh, yes. She does it and it, it causes her downfall, at least as far as we know. Because she gets an overwhelming amount of knowledge into her mind. Her eyes glow and she ends up dying. I think she turns into gunpowder. Yes. Magnetized gunpowder. <laughs> And then, <laughs> then the portal to their dimension is activated. They all get out, and the ship starts spinning and spinning, and rocks all start bringing up. And then the ship just disappears. The rocks all fall down, and the water starts pouring in. 
and yeah, it's like the Cave of Wonders a little bit. Oh, I forgot the water pours in before, yeah. and they get yeah. shot up the the pipe first, mm-hmm. and then they get up there, and the water fills it up. So like the whole evidence is gone. It's all buried by water now. And I do like the mirror image of Indiana Jones up on the top of that ridge, looking over the valley, and there's the UFO with all the rocks. It actually mirrors uh, him watching the nuke. Mm. Yeah, like even though CG and both scenes are CG, sure, it's a I fine. Shot. I actually don't think the the CG and the um, UFO scene. I don't think it's. I think it's totally passable. Nothing Same. weird about it. Totally. Even the aliens. Do you like the alien CG? Is that the okay? alien CG uh, doesn't and, quite match the series until it becomes like an actual formed being. Mm-hmm. I think like as they're combining and everything, that looks great. Okay, nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And then as they're standing up there, talking about their adventures, Indiana Jones says this line. Just going to read it like he says it. In his voice, please. But their treasure wasn't gold. It was knowledge. Knowledge was their treasure. Oh, yeah. Say it twice. Yes. <laughs> he has to just to get the point across. Sure. But, uh, this is just a legitimate question. Did they get anything from well, them? Did they get the, oh, the knowledge? She, she did. And it was too much for her human brain. Which or maybe it was taken there to their dimension. Could have been right. Could have been taken. She was taken to their dimension. But, but this this movie is not about getting anything. If you think about it, this movie is about returning something where it belonged. Right. We'd always oh. seen Indiana Jones saying this belongs in a museum. This is now finally him being older saying I'm going to put this back where it should go. And we forgot to mention that inside a, the temple they had all sorts of artifacts from different eras. Yeah. Like all oh, over the, the place. This movie it has a ton of Easter eggs, which is pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, but it's also going to say that uh, these, I'm guessing those artifacts were collected by... The aliens, because they were archaeologists. The interdimensional beings? Yes. Yes. He actually um, says that. They're here yeah, to study so, us. So, yeah, they are archaeologists. They are the ones gathering so the stuff. When he, says, cool? he, says knowledge, cool. he says their treasure was knowledge. Knowledge was a treasure. Also, the treasure down there was treasure. They could have taken any but of those artifacts. That's not the point. And but but it, they created El Dorado, this fabled city we've heard city. about forever. There are aliens there. And it kind of adds to this fun, paranormal level of True. this story. Yeah. I guess. So uh, uh, um, Mac? Yeah. Mac. Ray Winstone. He pulled an Abu, and he needed his treasure. Yeah. Well, because he, he was a double agent. Triple and then he triple. was a triple... He's a, he's, he's a triple a, twin. He's a triple twin. Yeah. Triple twin. Du- double twin? Because he goes back and forth and back and forth. Anyway, he uh, yeah, he's the Abu, and he just wants wants some treasure. Mm-hmm. And then there's that scene where he goes... Treasure from where? Uh, from knowledge. But where, where are they located? Peru? The film's depiction... I'm just reading here. I just found this passage here. Just oh. happened to find it. <laughs> he seemed very pleased the about this, The film's depiction of Peru also received criticism from the Peruvian and Mexican public because of its historical inaccuracy regarding Mayan as a spoken language in Incan Peru. That's in reality, the Mayan empire never spread to South America. That's very true. Let alone Peru. So George knew all about the crystal skulls, but not basic geography. <laughs> it's <laughs> aliens, Joel. Hey, why are those people... Where, who are those people that were guarding it? For, for, are those real people that just pop out of the walls? Oh, because they, they do it twice. Twice it happens where these yeah, well, uh, ancient ninjas natives pop there, out yes. and fight. But, uh, for and the record, natives chasing Indy. Classic. Yeah. Yes. It happens. But in they're, fact, they're I, ninja zombies? I feel like they were just brought in here to say, remember this. Because they weren't really used. No. Other than to say, we revered this crystal skull. Like what? everything kind of fears or is demagnetized by the crystal skull. Are they, are they real people? Yeah, I believe so. They're, they're able to be killed oh, by guns. Oh, you mean like actual in history? They're g- no, I mean as in... Uh, they're killed are they by guns and they're killed by reverse blow darts. So they are mortal. Do, do they live... But they also just hang out in the walls and then pop out when needed? And they 
break through the walls. Like yeah. you only get to do that trick once. Well, okay. Have you ever been to a haunted house? <laughs> I'm just wondering. People if- take shifts at haunted houses and wait to scare you in those rooms where you walk through the really tight fabric. So they just having rotating. Done, having done that, guard been shifts. the guy scaring guys. Yeah, uh-huh. you just stand there waiting, and it's kind of boring. yeah. It's like See? Buckingham Palace. That's what they were doing. Yes. Okay. Royal Guard. That's who they were. Zach. And then the Russians take them all out. It's kind of sad. It is really like sad. Mass genocide. Right. Ooh. All right. Okay, so post-UFO, ah, it's not the movie. I just pulled a Jeff Goldblum all of a sudden. Ah, 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 ah. ah. Then we have a new ending. Oh, oh. A new seeming ending for the franchise. That's right. Because now, because Indiana Jones is a responsible man, he decides to wed his original love. Maybe not his original, maybe like his fourth. He and Marion. Yes. Decide to get married. They get married, and you know it's a beautiful ceremony, and everyone's there except for the people. Who and he has his job back. He didn't want to cap him back for the movie. And then at one point, the doors open. A wind <sighs> rushes in, knocks Indy's hat off the hat rack, and it rolls towards the ground on Mutt towards Mutt's feet. Mutt grabs it. Is the picks legacy it up. passed? He's about to put it on. Then Harrison Ford grabs dun, dun, it, puts dun, dun, it on, and walks out the door. Which I think us as moviegoers, when we initially saw it, we said. I don't know if I'm ready for a Mutt series. Collective sigh of relief. Yes, exactly. I think and it was Andy a, grabbed I, again that and was said, fun. This, belong, this belongs on my head. This belongs on my museum, <laughs> which is what I call my head. <laughs> it's got a great head of hair. Hey, kid. <laughs> that's, my, that's my trigger to get into Harrison Ford. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. I would like to defend the aliens if I could. Okay, please. I have quite a bit here. Okay, go. And once again... I mean, this is a lot. It's a monologue. Are you ready? All right, go for it. The Pew Research Center has acknowledged that 65% of Americans now, think about back then, believes that intelligent life exists on other planets. That's two-thirds of Americans. Okay? So we also believe uh, that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. Doesn't it? <laughs> Next. Okay. Now, let's think about the most popular movies of the 1950s. Sure. War of the Worlds came yeah, out in 53. It's a good one. Invaders from Mars, 53. Yeah, Earth versus the Flying Saucers, 56. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, yeah, 56. That's a good one. The Day the Earth Stood Still. Also totally. good. Okay. This movie stays on theme, and it's perfect for popular media at the time, making Aliens the MacGuffin, combined with how unpredictable Russians could use the technology to control the world, makes this a facsimile of what Raiders of the Lost Ark accomplished. And so it really does bring us back to the theme and the time period, right? Because... Yes. Blockbusters of the time were alien movies. We may look at an alien movie in 2008 and be like, oh, that's, that's bad CG or that's bad storytelling. Sure. But it really fits for what Indiana Jones maybe needed to be in the 1950s. But the problem, well, it's interesting that it came out in 2008. Yeah. Which also, interestingly enough, that year was an X-Files movie that didn't deal with aliens. as was mostly about religion. Um, it's not good. It's, it's like their scripts bumped into each other on accident. Okay. And the alien story should have gone with the X-Files. But I'm just saying, like, I know, well, for me anyways, I watched this and I said, really? Aliens? But then is it really that far-fetched to think, really? The Ark? We have all this magical and biblical stuff. The, the Holy Grail can do that? The stones? You can say a word? That, the stones yeah, can that night is 700 years old? Right? And so why is it so far-fetched to think, oh, the plot is aliens? They're not aliens. <laughs> They're interdimensional beings. I'll, I mean, you're I'll, right. I'll say it. It's not. It's really, really not. Yeah. I, I don't think as, as, as a concept, much like, the, I, much like the prequels. Much like the prequels. The, yes. Good in, in concept. In concept, that is a good idea. Like, I think we can all agree that when he deals with religious artifacts, those are the best movies, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's fun because we have a history with that as well. Sure. Uh, when it comes to aliens, it's a little more far-fetched, but at the same time, in concept, I think it really works. There's also known history. 
Yeah. You know, we, we, you see, oh, that's Area 51. Cool. Oh, the, that alien came from Roswell, New Mexico. That's cool. Yes. Like, so Good we, concept. We have those connections. Mm-hmm. Good in concept. So I do think that the aliens make sense. So that's my defense of the use of aliens. Interdimensional beings. In this movie. Yes. Okay. <laughs> do we need to take a break? Okay. Just one minute. Let's go now. Okay. So those Peruvian protectors popping out of the walls of the temple. I've wanted to rant about that <laughs> so long because what the heck? Are they zombies? Are they not zombies? Have they been living there? Are they like taking shifts? Do they, where do they eat? Where, what do they do? Are, are they do zombies? They... I don't know because they look like they may be dead, but then where do they they're easily killed. I have no idea what's going on there. What do they eat? The, <laughs> the security system for this place is so overly complicated and ridiculous. Like, it is, it like is a one and done. It is a one and done. One person. One person messed this up. It's now open for everyone to get into and steal whatever they want. It is ridiculous. And they seem to be just guessing what to do in the ancient temple. Like, uh, try this. Good. Yeah. We didn't give enough time to the monkeys. We need to go back to the monkeys. Can we talk about the monkeys again? How about the fire ants? Those fire ants. The fire Uh, ants that are... Save it. Generally terrifying, I think. Very CG, though. Very CG. The fire ant ladder. Here's the thing. I think it's so dumb when everyone has the same goal. Bad guys, good guys, whatever. A triple, double, twin agent. Yeah. It's so dumb. And it's like, he is pointless in his own story. But even then, Honestly, Indiana Jones might be a communist. Even then, in other in the other books he has writings, he has the Grail Diary. He knows right. generally what to do. He goes here. He's like, "Hey, I'm gonna put this skull up here. Ah, oh, worked. Oh, we fell down. Now I'm gonna go over here. Like they're just making it up as they go along." Hey, remember how this movie was absolutely obsessed with communism, with the Red Scare, mm-hmm. with 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 Indiana Jones being fired for it? Nothing no, no. changed. They, no. and he gets there his was job. Twenty seven seconds d- dedicated to that. Nothing changes. In fact, it's never proven that he actually did anything right in the end. No. Well, also, apparently being on the FBI most wanted list doesn't prevent you from traveling to Peru. Yeah. Wouldn't they put a stop on his flight? Anything no. like that? Travel. I'm sorry. What are the stakes in this movie? I don't know. Knowledge is a treasure. When Kate Blanchett said, okay, I'm going to be the one. By I the way, knowledge. What Those happened? aliens are jerks. Yeah. They're jerks. They're like, it's we'll, a give, tr- you, we'll it's give you a anything you question. want. <laughs> give me knowledge. We're going to burn your brain. <laughs> You ever heard of the monkey's paw story? Mm-hmm, that's us. That's our hand. <laughs> it's an alien interdimensional hand. Interdimensional. <laughs> the goals in this show are so unclear. Yes. The entire time. I have no idea because why the- I should care. Is that a minute? The, the, no. It's, I have 15 seconds left to say that the alien looks so, so, so bad. I wouldn't say so, so, so no, bad. No, he looks no, horrible. I just he looks say, at, like, I say, has the little dog head cock. Lesser than we expected. Awful. We'll go for what? <laughs> oh, this looks so bad. Okay. Fine. All right. Go. Now let's get into the critical reception. So this movie, after it came out, I was I was kind of surprised because it has a 78% critical review on Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. from 276 reviews. But the audience score is 53%. How accurate do you feel? Do you feel the user score is? Depends. I Depends think that's a bandwagon score. And it definitely could be. I don't think that's an accurate user score. Um, I think this is much like Nickelback, more fun to hate on than it deserves. So you're saying somewhere in the 60s is yeah. where it belongs. Sure. Okay. Which I, I, I'm going to say something here. Please don't judge me, guys. I do every day. But first time when I saw this, years ago, mm-hmm. two stars. I watched it again in preparation for the show with Rift Tracks. <laughs> it was quite entertaining. With Rift Tracks. But watching it again, yeah. I went, that seems a little harsh. I may raise this up to a 2.5 because it's almost likable. Almost. You're going to raise it a half star. Yes. Because okay. it's almost likable, but then it keeps... Uh, I can't talk about the negative, but then uh, I, I'm going to raise a half star, though I'll say that. Well, on the heels I of the same. On the heels of, uh, of uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah. Right? Isn't he yeah. the draw here? Yes. And he's quite good. Yes. yes. Harrison Ford, especially in his late career, has definitely been a guy who's 
underwhelming to me. He's that grumpy, get off my plane guy. Well, it's guy. almost like he isn't going to have fun in the role. And you know it, right? With Han Solo yeah. in Force Awakens. Yeah. But compare Han Solo in Force Awakens to Indiana Jones here. You can tell this He's got man, a little more love for this. He legitimately yes. loves being Indiana Jones. Who wouldn't? It's great. Like, uh, because, you know, Han Solo, he's, he's a character. He's a supporting he character. He wanted him dead from the first movie. Indiana Jones is the man. He this is, is uh, however, the only Indiana Jones movie to not receive any Oscar nominations. Not even, not for, even for John Williams. Music? No. Which, by the way, Mutt Williams was named after John Williams. Mm. Actually, I'll say this as a positive. The score is Indiana Jones. It's delightful. Score's good. But um, the, Mutt's theme's good. I want to point out that Roger Ebert gave it three and a half stars out of four. He really liked this movie. He's a Spielberg apologist. Spielberg, Spielberg himself said, well, wait, I I do want to read. uh, (laughs) I want to read Roger Ebert's part of his review. He said, what I want is goofy action. Lots of it. I want man-eating ants, sword fights between two people balanced on the back of speeding jeeps, caverns of gold, vicious femme fatales, plunges down three waterfalls in a row, and the explanation Mm. for flying saucers, and throw in lots of monkeys. Dude would love the MCU. Truly, he was raised in the time when those serialized adventures were popular. Yeah. And it makes sense. And Spielberg himself said, I'm very happy with the movie. I always have been. And he also said, I sympathize with people who don't like the MacGuffin, like the interdimensional beings, because I never liked the MacGuffin. And Steven Spielberg also said he only put that that in the movie because of his friendship with Lucas. He said, quote, I am loyal to my best friend. When he writes a story he believes in, even if I don't believe it in it, I am going to shoot the movie the way George envisioned it. Can I just give my take on this? And you can whoosh me if you'd like. I feel like in the original trilogy, there's, especially in the first and third movie, it's a lot of George Lucas coming up with ideas, which we kind of talked They're about. Great. He's a great he, idea. He's man. a good idea guy, right? And But it's the restraint of Spielberg and the control of Spielberg directing it that kind of makes it work. He's, he's talked multiple times about how George Lucas has about how when he, he was putting together the story for Temple of Doom, he was going through a divorce. And that's one of the reasons it's so dark. Mm-hmm. I feel like he there was less Spielberg restraint in Crystal Skull. And it was it feels like it's much more George Lucas. I feel like George Lucas and Steven Spielberg relationship. It's been less restraint by Spielberg. I think he's been like, all right, George. It, it really yeah, feels like this fine. movie was like, whatever you want, George. Yeah. Well, just, at the same time, did Spielberg continue to care about his own directorial career in the 2000s? <laughs> that was a questionable one. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I deserve that. So uh, and then uh, just real briefly, Shia LaBeouf got a little bit of hot water because he talked about this and said that he felt he dropped the ball in this movie and they let fans down. He felt the movie could have been updated. We just misinterpreted what we were trying to, sa- to satiate. And so yeah, he kind no, of bagged on well, the movie. Well, that and he... he Said it was a bad movie. And then Harrison Ford called him an idiot for saying that yeah. and said, it's my obligation to support the film without making a complete jerk of myself. Yeah. And, and, and Harrison Ford realizes that if you bag on a movie, especially for this kind of studio, especially being a tentpole, you're not going to be invited back. And Shia LaBeouf actually said he regretted those comments that he made because he said it, it hurt his relationship with Spielberg. He regrets a lot in his career. And in fact, Spiel- sure. Spielberg said, Spielberg told LaBeouf after, LaBeouf after those comments, he said, there's a time to be a human being and have an opinion and there's a time to sell cars. Yeah. And that's kind of what it was. He's Truth. like, no, you're just supposed to sell the car. You're not supposed to give your opinion. So financially, though, yes, financially, this movie was crazy successful. When it was released, it earned $101 million in three days, making it the third highest opening of all time. 
It is also the third. Uh, they built a lot of hype for this movie. Yeah. This is Spielberg's third highest grossing movie. Yeah. Unadjusted so for inflation. It made $317 million domestically, $473 million internationally for a total of $790 million. Against it the is, budget of $185. Yeah, it's the highest grossing Indiana Jones movie by an easy $300 million. Uh, Unadjusted for inflation. Sure. How can, I, how can I ask this nicely? Adjusted for inflation, it's the eighth highest. Do you think it was people wanting to watch it multiple times? No. Do you think people saw this movie more than once? Well, look what happens with blockbusters now. They are gangbusters opening weekend, and then it drops 70%, sure. right? So you generally will make $500 million in the first weekend, and then word of mouth kind of drops. Not, yes. not people going, uh, by the I way, to see that again. With right. the budget, once again, factual, with the budget of 80, uh, $185 million, this is the most expensive movie directed by Steven Spielberg. Really? Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal wow. Skull is the most Even expensive movie. Even to this point? Look at the money it made back. That's great for the studio. Financial success. Yeah, yeah. certainly. Uh, it was the third most successful film of 2008 domestically behind The Dark Knight and Iron Man. And then I believe it Just was... Just above uh, Mamma Mia, actually. Yeah, exactly. Aww. So it did quite well at the box office. So good for it. It's really good to see Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. So let's talk about the good. More good. More what good. Are, what are the five best scenes? I know we've talked about the scenes already. What do you guys consider, and I may not even be ranked, but what do you guys consider to be five good we, scenes? We just want to go around? Yeah, I'm going to start. I like the legendary city of Akator. I mean, yes, having the people in the walls, eh, not the best idea, but I like the, the practical set. I like the production design of it all. And so I thought it was fun, and it actually made it kind of like where Tomb Raider movies haven't been about tombs. I feel like this movie was. It Twice. was about crystal skulls. <laughs> yes. So I like Akator. Okay. Me, me next. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, I I like the uh, not quicksand quicksand. I think that is a fun scene. Okay. I, I think that uh, the way that they deliver the dialogue is is, is smart, and uh, I I had a good time with it. Okay. Uh, my number five was The Return of Marion. I like yeah. seeing Marion come back in the role and him putting it together. Oh, Mary is Marion. That's your mom. And then finding out he's the dad. I like that element of it and the wedding at the end. So it's kind of a combined scene, but I like sure. that, that plot line. I like the ants, guys. I really like the you ants. You like the ants? Yeah. Look, does faceless big Russian guy get eaten by ants? Yeah. Is it, is it horrifying? Absolutely it terrifying. is. It's, like it's, it's very mummy. CG. It's, it's definitely the it's, mummy. It actually is kind of fun. But at the same that. time, when he's being dragged away and pulled into the anthill, that's like body horror. Especially when his legs go like exactly. I love that. How about when Kate Blanchett uh, squishes an ant with her knees and it, it splats on the, the screen? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of weird. There's actually a lot of times where things like this, the camera is being hit by something. There's a lot of mm -hmm. slime in ants, apparently. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Was this in 3D? Must I think it's pre 3D. Uh, I don't know. The way that the way that things go toward the screen makes me feel like it's 3D. Yeah. No, this is Avatar was right around this time, right? 2009, year later. Yeah, yeah. All right, Zach. Okay, I'm gonna say, and I mentioned it before that I really liked it. I like the uh, the diner scene. I like the 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 discussion in the diner and the way that plays out just ahead of. The chase, okay. I like okay. I like that moment. Uh, Mutt not getting to put on the hat when it yeah. started rolling toward. I actually forgot like watching it again. Like I said, I haven't seen it for years. But when that wind comes and it knocks the hat towards him and he's about to put on, I was like, "Oh my gosh, don't do it!" And then it gets taken away from him. I was like, "That's a fun moment because everyone, I think everyone felt the same way of like, no, don't pass on the torch. Oh, you're not going to thank goodness. Yeah. Like keeping the hat on Indy made this movie salvageable. All right, it's been mentioned, but the quicksand scene, I really yes. enjoy. I think the banter feels right. Yeah. The banter and the threat and okay. the giant python. That he throws face first at Indy. Mm -hmm. 
He hates snakes. You got to bring it back around. There's branches everywhere. I appreciated where they see the um, the the sort of cage or whatever the the cell that uh, Oxley was in. And I appreciate that you see Mutt walk in there and he gets very emotional. And it's one of the few moments in this movie that a character is vulnerable. And you see like he, through not telling me, but actually showing me, I now feel that there is a connection between Mutt and Oxley. And and that no, it's just, it was Joel, the name. It was just the names. <laughs> it was just the names. But there's a connection between Mutt and Oxley. Uh, and that you, it's my favorite Nickelodeon show, by the way, <laughs> right? And in it, uh, without saying it, and uh, you say, okay, maybe there's a, a paternal relationship. They here. had a picture together, and they, they showed it in the diner. That's it's it, there's not much vulnerability in this movie, and that's one of the few. I get it. There we okay. go. Uh, my number three would be, and this is kind of weird because it was more a visual effect than maybe a whole scene. But I liked when the aliens start kind of flipping into each other when yeah, the skulls all cool. start coming yeah. together. It's a moment where I went, ooh, that's kind of cool looking. And then they all come together to form that alien who may not be as impressive to some. But that moment, I like the visuals of it. And even when Kate Blanchett is uh, disintegrated, it's kind of an effective, uh, similar to uh, face melting. Sure. Although not as, not as powerful, but yeah, sure. not as powerful, but similar in that vein where I kind of went, whoa. So, yeah, aliens coming together at the end. I love the university chase. I thought that was a lot of fun. And it also showed a time when college campuses opposed communist agendas uh, through protests, which is much different than, than now. The whole scene keeps a sense of humor throughout, and I think it's delightful, actually. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, honestly, I think this opens really strong. I love the uh, the hot rod thing at the beginning. Yeah. I think it's it's it, it made me happy to start this movie later. Uh, but I, I think it's a, it was a really cool way to start this movie. I like the hot rod racing the military. Okay. My number two is going to be the killer ants. Yeah, I found, you like them too? I found them terrifying. I don't like the goopiness of them, but the concept of them being able to swarm you and just take you down so quickly, it was, was scary to me. Like that was kind of like, and like I can't say when the guy gets dragged into the hole, I was like, or even them going into his mouth. Yeah. That really did give, I got a visceral reaction from that. Why did they even start chasing them? Because they knocked over the anthill. Yeah. They got angry. So That's they, they it. That's all it takes. Into wow. It. Those ants are really intelligent. It's crazy. They're ants. They like they had a lot of grits, grits, grits. <laughs> they thought they had grits. You uh, got grits in your mouth, Zach. Just like you, I love the opening in Warehouse Fifty One. I love the Easter eggs. I love the fact that we're having this chase in Warehouse Fifty One. Mm-hmm. That truly is like you see the arc. You see the arc, and knowing like what else is in there. And granted, it was a lot of um, stuff that Harrison Ford probably couldn't do at that age. But at the same time, it was a fun scene to watch. It felt like Indiana Jones. I thought okay. that was closer. My favorite scene, number one, right? Yes. Number one. My favorite scene, and this is legitimately is my number one, is the post diner car chase. I think yeah, great. that stuff all really works for me. The you know, get on Gramps, and they they going on the motorcycle. He's slip sliding off of it, um, you know, going through the the communist protesting, sliding through the library. That whole sequence is uh, honestly top tier Indiana Jones chase, uh, amongst even comparing the other uh, movies in the franchise. I love it. So for my number one, I remember being in the theater and I remember, I'm not getting emotional. Are you okay? I get emotional. <laughs> I remember being in the theater and I remember watching, you know, the beginning with the magnetic thing and being like, I'm not really buying that. Sure. But from the moment Indy starts to make his escape, and we've already talked about this scene, but it's the escape scene. 
And I, when he's when he swings and he falls back, I'm like, oh, that's funny because he's not as agile as he used to be. But he runs around. He gets in the fight. He gets in that rocket car and then stumbles off. Like these are parts that I'm like, I'm really yeah, enjoying that's it. That's fun. All the way up to the part when he gets into the testing facility and like he realizes it's a nuclear bomb facility. Mm-hmm. I was completely on board. It felt like Twilight Zone in a way. Yeah, I was like, point, this is great. Right? This is great. And like as the bombs come, I'm like, what's he gonna do? Right up to the point where he gets into the fridge. I was into this. Yeah. And that is my that was my favorite scene. Even watching it again, I'm like, this is a lot of fun up to this point. I agree. And then as soon as they nuke the fridge, that's when opinions may have changed. But I'm not going to get into that right now because we're being no. positive. No, that and that really everything up to that point, aside from maybe some like selective magnetism, like it, it really does start strong. Yes. I, I think it starts goofy and ridiculous and fun. And that's what this franchise is. It doesn't take itself seriously. It never has. And that's part of my uh, closing arguments as well. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull still has that wry sense of humor that Steven Spielberg and George Lucas used to satirize the serial adventures they grew up on. It's a B-movie that wanted to remind audiences to enjoy themselves instead of being overly serious. Also, it's not the worst Spielberg movie by a long shot. In fact, it's probably somewhere in the middle. And I mean, Especially around this time. Right. I mean, yeah. And I just name a few. 1941. Oh. The Terminal, The Post, mm. Bridge of Spies, Temple of Doom, BFG. I mean, it's... Mm. You okay? Don't put Temple of Doom near BFG. How and, dare and you? And here's what I'm going to. Watch Ste- Temple of Doom again. You'll like Steven it more. Steven Spielberg's least favorite indie film is Temple of Doom. Back in 1989, he says... Because it reminds me of a bad time. I wasn't happy with the second Indiana Jones film at all. It's too dark, too subterranean, and too horrific. I thought it outpoltered poltergeist. There's not an ounce of my own personal feeling in Temple of Doom. And yet it's better. I think movies? if I don't know Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was called Uncharted, it would be well liked. I think it's the fact that it's an Indiana Jones movie that hurts it more, mm-hmm. and we had such high expectations. And I actually don't think, unlike look at like Luke Skywalker in the, that whatever Jedi movie, he's been ruined. It's kind of ruined and tainted his character. I don't think Indiana Jones was ruined by this movie. I don't think the franchise was ruined by this movie at all. You know, that's a good point. Because I don't think anybody looks at it and goes, oh, they were disloyal to the character. No, but I do feel like this is similar to the Matrix in vain where people say, oh, there's one Matrix. Now They say there's three Indiana Jones movies. This now, is kind of set aside. Now, friends, next year, Indiana yeah. Jones will return. Yes. Fifth, it, the fifth Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones film is scheduled to be released on June 30th, 2023. Not, 15 years post-Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Not directed by Steven Spielberg, but rather James Mangold. Who did Logan. Logan and uh, Ford v. Ferrari. Oh, wait, I didn't get my closing statement. Please do. People made this movie. Thank you. The, the defense rests. Yes. Like uh, sleeping rests. <laughs> <laughs> Indiana Jones 5. And so... Untitled as of this moment of recording. I mean, I've heard some leaks and I don't really want to get into it because maybe that will be another in defense show. But I think they already had a great ending with Last Crusade. They kind of had a not so great ending here. He got married. <laughs> and he ca- Okay. He got to keep the hat. <laughs> he got to keep the hat. That's good. Married. And it brought it back full circle. I think they could have left it there. And had it be two good, two bad movies. I think they want to redeem. I don't think five will be the one to do it. Mm. But does does Indiana Jones, is he a Logan type character? Is it like I'm an old man and this is what I can't do anymore? Every time they bring him back, of it? they could kill him off. Every time they bring him back, they could have him pass the hat to someone else. Every time they bring him back, they could have him retire the whip. And so every time they roll that dice again, I get nervous because 
They shouldn't. You should be nervous. No, they won't. Indiana you Jones should be nervous. Belongs in a museum. Indeed. So there we go. I love it. So there we go. There's our thoughts on Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. We were as positive as we could possibly be. And who knows? Maybe we changed your mind about it, but maybe you already have this positive opinion of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Let us know on Twitter. Let us know on Facebook. Let us know on Instagram. We want to hear from you. Let us know if we, if we did a good job of defending it. Sure. Or if you could see through the cracks as they were happening. <laughs> so many whips. But before we go, we'd like to give some love to our patrons who we really do love, unlike this movie, including the I'm a Listener tier, which includes Sir and Madam Hicks, Shannon West, Sean Sanquist, Scott Sprague, Ryan and Marley, Rocky and Steph, Lady Terry A. Finley, Way Less Sad, Johnny English the Brick, Jennifer Kilkowski, Jake the Cooler King Swallow, Glow Clint Daniel, Debbie Foster, Dave Kelly, still has Chris Drought here, so Chris Drought, Casey Cummings, Braden Winterton, Angela Plotz, Andrew in the Dark, Alicia Bass, and Adam and Rachel Crump. And then we have our Bacon Council, which includes the one, the only Chris Anderson, Stephen, everyone's favorite, Ross, Star Wars expert Kyler, Spencer Myers, our favorite couple, the Madsons, Nicole Sitton and the Sinbin Hale, Josh Hansen, Her Royal Highness Jessica Terry, Allison Gall, and Beaker. Thank you, patrons. Thank you, patrons. We appreciate you more than... You're our treasure. You're our treasure. You're our knowledge. <laughs> but if you want to find me, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter, or you can find me performing with QuickWits. They perform at the Midville Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. You can find me at Twitter or Instagram at Kenny3DD. You can also read my movie reviews at ShowtimeShowdown.com. I have sincerely appreciated all of you who have stopped by and seen me at Blake's Barbershop, blakesbarbershop.com, if you'd like a haircut. And if you'd like to connect with me on social media, you can do so at TumblingMustard on Twitter and Instagram. But more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon sale please like that facebook page and uh, follow us on uh, at bacon sale on twitter and instagram and then while you're doing that visit tpublic.com slash bacon sale where you can get yourself all sorts of fun merch and if you like what's going on here you want to support us further visit patreon.com slash bacon sale where support starts at just three dollars a month and we are starting to do uh, video versions of our Pagan Bits. Yeah, so, available for the Tier 2 patrons and above. Yeah, Tier 2 patrons will get those video Pagan Bits, patreon.com slash bacon sale. So until next time, it's time for us to go, but not into space, in the space between spaces. Oh, I know the word. Guys, I'm just letting you know uh, that words of affirmation is my second love language. People of the world, spice up your life. Every boy and every girl, spice up your life. Nice. Did you buy a sucker for this in eighth grade? We're going to whip each other. Whip it good. Wait, do you measure I, time in before Mamma Mia and yeah, after Mamma Mia? It's, it was everything before BMM. BMM. This came out BMM. Officially, we can start whipping each other. That sounds weird. Even old. Harrison Ford is extremely handsome. <laughs> I coughed. Oh, okay. you're gonna whip me for coughing? Yeah. Everything you said was right, but the sarcasm was dripping off of that. With the power of selective magnetism. Selective sounds subjective. Just scrub his little body. Sorry. Retract your sarcastic this, wings, kid. I wanted to see fridges flying like it was arrows in 300. Monkeys are your best friends. Also, her last name is Vin Diesel. It's just Mary and Vin Diesel. This movie's about family. It's Fast and the Furious <laughs> with Indiana Jones. Three of these people Nothing's are wrong. on Social Security. Shake they are off. dead. They are dead from this. <laughs> Do we spend enough time on the monkeys? But their treasure wasn't gold. It was knowledge. Knowledge was their treasure. This belongs on my museum. They're not aliens. <laughs> They're interdimensional beings. You're going to burn your brain. Please don't judge me, guys. I do everything. <laughs> <laughs>
Are we getting more and more Harrison Forty as the show goes? I think so. I feel like you're dancing near whipping territory. I'm dancing around the whip. Tony Lock. Tony Lock. Ah, Tony Lock. 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 Tony L